What is a leader? One definition I found is that a leader is a person who leads or commands a group, organization, or country. But I think that definition might be a bit too narrow. Leaders come in many different forms and aren't always the top member or CEO of the organization. Today, on this first ever episode of the Pediatric Leadership Podcast, we are going to try to answer the question, what is a leader? This is a Cook Children's Podcast. Welcome to Pediatric Leadership, the new medicine with Dr. Justin Smith, helping physicians become innovators in medicine. Now, here's Dr. Justin Smith. Today, we are going to talk about leadership with Mary Yule Bean. Mary is the BNSF Endowed Professor of Leadership at the TCU Neely School of Business. She teaches in the Advancing Healthcare Leadership class, which is a combined initiative between Cook Children's and TCU. Participating in the class are about 30 physicians from throughout the Cook Children's system, including both specialist and primary care physicians. The goal is to establish a culture of strong leaders throughout the system so that we can work together to better serve our patients. So Mary, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So uh, to go ahead and get started, um, you know, I threw out this definition of leadership, but I'm sure you have plenty of ideas about that. So how do you define leadership? Well, so you started talking about how we view leader as a role, and I'm a management professor. So one of the big confusions we have is that we confound the term leader and manager. So when we talk about leader, we really mean manager. So many people use it in that term, and when they're talking about leadership, they're really talking about management. Um, And when you're talking about leadership as management, what you're doing is driving behavior toward a goal. So what leaders do in that context is they try to align people around a mission or a vision and drive them toward a goal. But what's happening in many organizations today is you can't restrict leadership just to the management positions. So we now use a broader term of leadership and the idea that anybody can be a leader in the organization when they engage in leadership behavior. So then the question is, what is that behavior? Well, that behavior is using influence to create change. So the short answer would be, what is a leader? A leader is a person who uses influence to create change. Okay, so that could be, what you're saying is that's not always top-down. Like, that could be someone who sort of rises from within and may um, lead a small team but not even have the title. Exactly, and that's what I think is a lot of fun about leadership because uh, the management part is more administration. It's all the roles and duties and responsibilities that come along with that. But the exciting thing about leadership is that leadership can go in any direction. And actually, we've talked for decades about the idea that you can be a leader in a management position. So we've already separated those those two concepts somewhat. Yeah, and you know, I think sometimes when you think of leadership as management, you think about the, I don't know, the hard parts of leadership, the not fun parts. Yes. But then when you separate it out, and that's one of the things that sort of came out during the class to me is like, oh, like these these um, ideas that you're teaching are actually really fun because it's not just filling out paperwork and you know giving out reprimands. It's really more about influence and working with others and how, how can you best sort of align you, align your incentives, align their incentives to get some goal accomplished. I agree. I think, though, we have to recognize that fun is different for different people. So some people like the administration and they love the idea of how they can work in that position and work through a bureaucratic organizational system to try to get things done. So there's a certain element of talent and skill and fun to that. But I agree with you that I think the more fun part is really the people part and the influencing and driving change. So clearly, I'm revealing my bias towards sort of being a free spirit and doing what I want to do, not not wanting to conform to the norm. So I get it. All right. So I know it's going to be hard because there's probably a thousand different ones, but can you name some maybe top three characteristics you see in leaders in today's world? 
Yeah, but my top three are going to be pretty, they're going to be categories that encompass a lot. So the first quality of a good leader would be that they're good with people. And with that, we bring in so much. I mean, there is really a lot of skill involved. So to be good with people, you have to be self-aware. So that's the importance of understanding yourself. That's why we take assessment tools and understand our personality and our preferences and our biases and all of those things. And then the other part of that is being aware of others. So I, if I understand myself and I know that I have certain preferences, um, frame of reference, then I know that you also have different frame of reference. So the challenge becomes, how do I interact with you? So this is the, the broad category that people call emotional intelligence. And it goes across a lot of different things. Most of leadership development focuses on this aspect of leadership. And so you're trying to get people to understand how to work with people better. So, um, so good with people. The second one is that they understand organizations. This is a part that we often talk about as power in politics or organizational systems and structure. Um, it's not quite as sexy for many people. And mo a lot of leadership development doesn't talk about it. But it's really crucial. It's, I, I think this is a core piece. So that you've got good uh, people who are good at the people side, but they might not understand the organizational side. And what you need to be able to do is use your influence to drive change in an organizational setting. So that's where you have to understand how organizations work, how you make connections with people, um, the things that will inhibit or obstacles to change, uh, why people are resisting change in organizational contexts, etc. So there's a lot there. And then the third one that I like to add is that they're comfortable with and even embrace change. So this is a piece that's becoming more important in today's context. Um, a decade or a century ago, this wasn't, well, they were going through a lot of change. It was different from what we're going through now. But for most of the last century, it was more about leading toward efficiency and production. Now we know that our organizational systems and the context that we operate in are changing a lot. So you have to be comfortable with and embrace change. And, I, you know, I really am looking forward to having you on in future episodes. I think you've lined out sort of the next three things we need to talk about because I'm sure that each one of those topics could, you know, encompass four different episodes in and of themselves. And you know, particularly in pediatrics, you know, I think uh, – some of those things are really important. You know, we have uh, migrated from some this idea of sort of a paternalistic uh, physician that sort of makes decisions for the patient and for the team and the health system. And now um, there's a more of an expectation of sort of being a team player. So having this emotional IQ, uh, you know, to understand how to interact with others is becoming more and more important. And then clearly um, we can all recognize sort of how medicine is changing. And um, I think that is actually one of the things that sort of led me to want to talk um, on or have a podcast about physician leadership is trying to help physicians understand where they can fit in, where they can plug in, and what they can do. So I think those thing, three things are just really, really key in our world. Well, and we saw it in the group when we worked with you, a lot of this can invoke fear because it's things that we don't know. We don't understand it. We don't know how to do it. It becomes overwhelming and really stressful. And so I remember the first session that we had together, I made the comment that complexity is fun. And I got some pushback from some people who were saying, this isn't fun. But I think it can be fun if you understand how to operate in it. So once you are equipped with some skills to be able to cope with complexity and interact with it effectively, now you have the opportunity to do all kinds of things that can have incredible impact for patients. 
Yeah, and I thought you know that was probably one of my most favorite topics of um, of the course, and sort of how do you take um, a situation that we were terming chaotic and actually flip your mindset a little bit and say, well, it's not chaotic, it's complex, and that's something that we definitely need to have a full episode about because I think that can help us position ourselves in amongst this change using some of the organizational techniques that you mentioned and really stand to really have strong benefit for patients instead of being passive sort of receiving end of the changes and all the negative aspects that could come with that. Right. And I think one of the key things there, I talked about embracing change, understanding and embracing change. But uh, the, the short story I would give, other than the complexity piece, is that the key is you need to think differently. And so you can't operate based on old assumptions. You can't make incremental change of how the world was. So I was delivering in this way, or I'm delivering in this way, I'm going to just change my delivery system up a little bit. Um, Add a piece here, add a piece there. No, what we need to think now is how we can change it all together. So that's the nature of complexity that we're facing is that we've got to start by asking different questions and recognize that we have to bring different assumptions to the table. It just blows my mind because it's just so right where we are right now in physician leadership, particularly in pediatrics, because um, there's so much on the horizon that we're looking forward to, and uh, but also you know a little bit fearful of what's to come. Um, so I think those are some of the big topics that we talked about in the class that I you know really really enjoyed. Was there anything else that stood out to you, maybe that surprised you as you were dealing with a room of pediatricians and not um, a mixed group of physicians? Because I know you've dealt with um, mixed groups before, but my understanding is this might be your first time in full of a full room of pediatricians. Was there something that surprised you about sort of our personalities that you might, you know, other physician leaders might find interesting? So you're setting me up here, aren't you, Justin? Uh, no, I'm not going to get you in trouble, I promise. I'll, I'll keep you I'll keep you on, on the rails. Well, I think, I think something came out the last session we had. I don't know if this is where you're going, but the last session we had, we were talking about power. And what we were understanding is that there are different ways of viewing power. And so I was introducing the idea of gender of a more masculine and a more feminine approach to power. And so a more feminine approach to power, it can be a man or a woman, but it's more power with. And a more masculine is a more agentic power over. And so one's a more assertive, aggressive style, and one's a more, um, almost, it can be associated with an invisible leadership kind of style. Um, And so I think what we found was that the room was primarily more feminine in, in the approach, more the power with um, and empowering, but kind of step back and visible rather than really assert and be out front, which can be a problem when you're interacting with others who have a more assertive style. You can disappear in that. And so I, I don't think it's good to be the masculine fully either, but I think it's a matter of recognizing. And so I think pediatricians tend to be more operating that way. And there are differences. I mean, I've worked with surgeons before who tend to be much more the masculine style agentic, and they might have the opposite problem of being too strong and not being able to really engage with. Yeah, and uh, coming up on the next two episodes, we're going to have um, Dr. Jason Turk, who's a pediatrician um, at Cook Children's, and he's been the previous uh, president of Texas Pediatric Society. He's going to talk about what is unique in pediatric leadership, and I think that's going to be a really unique show. Uh, unique show. And then we're also going to have the physician, uh, the president of our physician network, Dr. Brick Nelson, come on and talk about servant leadership. And I think that fits into sort of what you're saying here. Uh, maybe just putting a different name on it. I'm, I'm sure there's subtle differences. Um, so. I think, you know, we've talked about sort of what is a leader and maybe some topics that we, we've we introduced that need to be brought up in future episodes. But one other thing I've noticed in medicine is that often leadership is sort of bestowed upon the person who's doing a good job. And so it might be the best doctor in their field, uh, but they may not 
really have the skills or even the desire to be a leader. And so I'm sure there's pluses and minuses to that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, so if the question is what's good about that, about the best doctors becoming the leaders, what's good is that they're respected. So they're respected for their technical expertise, for their skill as a doctor. Um, What's bad is that they might not have the leadership skills. So this is something we've known for a long time. It's a challenge that came up in the engineering field. So in engineering, and my engineering friends will forgive me for this if I stereotype, but the, the classic stereotype of engineers is they might not have good people skills. And so they might be really good engineers, but you put them into management positions, they often don't do very well. And what engineering organizations ended up doing with that is they created different tracks. So there's some engineers who have the leadership skills, they put them into leadership. There are others, though, who don't have have it. And so they just allow them to stay in an engineering track and still advance in the organization. So different career ladders. I think what's happened in medicine is that doctors have been leaders of each other, but haven't really led in the organization. And that's been a problem because then doctors' voices aren't heard. And you've got the clash between the administrators who bring more of a business mindset and then the doctors who are in the caregiving side. Of course, many doctors run their own business, but it's small business. It's not a large organization organization. And so you've got to divide there. So doctors need to get into the leadership track in organizations. But to do that, they need to have skills. And I think you remember the conversation we had early on when I, it struck me when you all asked your questions, what is a leader? And I was thinking, oh my gosh, that doesn't even help me get anywhere because I was thinking, you know, which topic area of leadership? You were saying, what is leadership? Well, it would be the same as if I went to to start practicing medicine. I I wouldn't know where to even begin. And I think that that's the challenge we have with doctors is this hasn't been part of their training. They don't have the skill sets. They've had to learn along the way. Um, That's not going to cut it. What needs to happen is really we need to get better leadership training and development out to physicians. Great. And I think, you know, TCU is really working to do that in so many fronts. And this um, healthcare leadership class with Cook Children's is a great example of that. And it's giving us an opportunity to come and learn new things and sort of a safe place because there's other physicians there. And we know, like, nobody's going to look down on us for asking, well, I don't even know what a, or saying, I don't even know what a leader is. Um, and I think uh, that really is a unique environment to learn these topics. And I mean, I think eventually would love to get in a room with a more diverse crowd eventually, because I think there's so much to gain from looking outside of, you know, outside of our profession as well. Yeah, that's a recommendation I made when I first talked with the Cook people, uh, that it should be a mixed group. But I understand why we're starting with physicians, because we need to start there. But for this to really work, you need to get the different groups together, because it's about bridging across. Thank you so much for um, coming on today, Mary. Um, is there any final thoughts you'd like to add, something that we haven't got to sort of in your definition of leadership that you think would be important for our audience? No, I think it's just that I, it's a understanding that it is a different skill set, and it's okay to admit that you don't know how to do it because – those of us who are in leadership or in business organizations, we've been studying this since undergrad. And so this is something that's been part of our training, just like you've got different disciplines in medicine that are part of your training. And so it's a matter of getting up to speed, understanding skill sets. There are different skill sets like communication that are really important, teamwork, um, understanding systems, power and politics. So lots of topics that can be talked about. Great. Yeah. So like I said, I, I hope you I haven't overcommitted you to coming on to talk about 10 different topics 
because I think all of these things are important. And I think, you know, even hearing the word power, some of our listeners may think, whoa, I don't know, I don't even know what that means or how if I should go there. But I think those are important things that we need to come up. And so I think that's um, a good summary sort of to what we plan to do with this podcast in the future. And I think uh, we're going to be talking about uh, leadership in the pediatric world, but it's not just going to be to physicians. I think because of what we've said already in this in this episode, um, it's clear that um, it may be um, someone on the nursing staff, it may be someone who works in the pharmacy, it doesn't have to be someone who works over in the executive suite who's a leader. I would hope that there would be a lot and a very um, varied audience who would listen to this and could gain some things from it. And I think, again, you've just said it again, but I think it's important. We can teach leadership skills. Um, you can't necessarily make leaders, but we can teach leadership skills. And then if people will work on those and adopt those and pay attention to uh, some of the things that we talk about, you know, they can um, sort of feel more comfortable in those roles, if nothing else. Well, and just to jump in real quickly, the more you teach, the more people you teach, the easier it gets because then other people are practicing it as well. So you begin to build as a group. Yeah, and we see that in our in this class as well. You know, I, I can use terms now with um, my team members um, that I wouldn't have been able to use before and been able to sort of categorize what we're trying to do. And immediately we have a shared vocabulary, if nothing else. And so I think, um, you know, we can come back and talk about lots of different topics um, for Mary and I, but then also just um, talking to other physicians and other healthcare leaders, talking about work-life balance and burnout. Uh, we're going to be talking about consumerism in um, pediatrics, the intersection of digital health and pediatrics. And then, you know, how being a leader in pediatrics can actually change throughout your career. It's not the same when you're first out of residency versus when you're sort of in the latter stages of your career. And we're open to new topics. And so I hope you would, you would reach out to me on Twitter at the Docs Mini uh, to submit any ideas that you might have for future topics. Um, and we'd be welcome to listen to those. Mary, any final thoughts before we close out here? No, just it's great to be here and thank you for inviting me. Uh, thank you so much for coming. So come back next week to hear Dr. Jason Turk talk about how pediatric leadership is unique. You can find more episodes, or if you'd like to suggest a segment, go to checkupnewsroom.com slash pediatricleadership.